listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. Across midfield, Jones just waiting for somebody. Jones inside the 20 to the 10, and for the fifth time in his career, will not be stopped. Here's Grimes at a pull-up three. Oh, Grimes, dead high shooter. Blair to Patterson in the corner for three. To midcourt. That's Mark at the buzzer. Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Rage Coops, the unofficial post-game show of the University of Houston Athletics. I'm joined by Dayon Dunlap, Akib Ghazi. Dayon, I'll let you go first. Introduce yourself, sir. How can people find you? Hey, what's up? I'm Dayon. You can follow me on my Twitter handle, which is right below. You can follow me, follow me, I'll follow you back. And Akib, where can people join you, sir? You can you see it on the screen below at Akib M. Ghazi on Twitter and Instagram. You can, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Ayana's underscore five. Uh, what a crazy sequence! Houston going on a twenty-five to nine run to close out Illinois and advance to their third straight Sweet Sixteen. We have a couple of guests, so we'll jump right into. It. We're going to bring in Galen Robinson. Uh, thank you for standing by, sir. Thank you for joining us. How's how's it going? What's good, y'all, man? My thank y'all for having me. First off, man, my adrenaline is still adrenaline is still going Ooh. crazy. <laughs> Yeah, we appreciate you for joining, man. Take us through that, that stretch. Uh, Fabian, I feel like he kind of jump-started, and they really just went on from there. And I saw you tweeted culture. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, Fabe, he probably didn't have the type of game that he wanted to have offensively. But, you know, that's – with our culture, it don't stop what you do on the offensive end. It's, you know, some of you do on defensive end. So him getting that loose ball, that was like a major demoralizing play. You know what I'm saying? Especially being like – when that stuff happens to us, like in the professional level, like it's really demoralizing for you. So it's like it's really like an energy boost for the other team for sure. Getting on Galen, along those, uh, yeah. Oh, go, um, go. I was gonna go, but I was gonna say, you know, along those notes, Jamal Shred came huge in that game. Whenever Illinois tied it at forty, it seemed like uh, I think he scored seven straight points in that mm-hmm. in that run. I mean, he was really the the key to ignite that that final run to put Illinois away. What, what what can you say about uh, Jamal Shred? Uh, I just know I saw I saw him working hard all summer, so it was no it was no shock to me. Um, but it just seemed like they were, you know, the pros and cons of having a big man like that is they might they tend to be a little you know a little slower. So I noticed that they were flipping the screens because he wouldn't have been able he didn't have the quickness to get from one side of the screen to the other. So we were just taking advantage of that and Jamal was getting into the pain and just making shots that he worked on day, daily. Hey Galen, what's up? Um, talk to us about how you know that that play from uh, from Fabian White at the end to get the steal uh, to get the loose ball and then that assist. Talk to us about how that defines our program and the culture. That's that's literally our program in a nutshell. Just being relentless, not giving up. And uh, it's me and uh, Damian Dotson. He also went to University of Houston, got drafted by the Knicks. Um, so me and him watching the game together. And when they, as like when he threw the ball in, we both we both yelled, "Culture, culture!" <laughs> like it was just that's just literally our program in a nutshell, just being relentless and just not giving up. 
Man, if you right I damn near tell them to hop on real quick, man. Say what's up to the cool nation. I, I got the I got the uh, I got the AirPods in, but okay, okay. Right hey, Doc, say what's good to say what's good to the folk, man. What's up, fellas? Hey, what's up? Go yeah. Cougs. <laughs> hey, go Cougs. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, just speak about Coach Sampson and the way he gets you guys ready. I mean, everyone was counting out Houston. I mean, I didn't see any experts. Kyla talked about it being back of being against the odds, just the adversity. You see videos of Coach Sampson being high. What is it like playing for the GOAT? Hey, man, listen, you might have to reiterate that question again because I'm about to go on a long ramble. I'm like, it's, it's, a lot of, it's a lot of stuff that I've been hearing recently, man. Like, it's the commentators are like, oh, they haven't beaten a single a single digit uh, single digit seed since whatever year. And it's just like on our final four one. Four, final four one. The teams that beat the single digit seeds were double seeds. All we did was play the teams that won. We get we could we didn't decide on who like we put we just played we just played to win. So it's just like but playing for Coach Samson, man, it, it's not for the weak. He gonna challenge you every day. He gonna challenge you. You're gonna have to dig deep within yourself to he to 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 pull that dog out of you, man, and it's it's a challenge, but I mean, it's paid. It, it pays dividends, and you can tell tonight uh, the way our guys play today, man. That that's you know he, he has this unique way of um, our, our guys. They're already a highly they're a group of highly motivated guys, but he has this way of just getting you to just be ready to bite concrete. Like he just, it, bro, it's it's insane how he can just get you amped up, and you already you don't think you get any more amped up. He just has unique ability to make you just. Be ready to go above and beyond, you know, and this that's why he is the goal. Hey Galen, uh I'm not I'm not one to trash talk, but there's another team in our conference that uh you know they got bounced they got bounced early. <laughs> like, could you you know can you say yeah, something yeah. a little about that? You know, I, we saw a lot of banter going on on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it is all fun competition, but um you know, I wanted to see them do well and I know that they they're a good team and one thing that uh that that they did well, they were just chaotic, chaotic, athletic. They're spying all over the place, and I honestly thought they were my pick to be Gonzaga because that's how highly I think of them. But they just play so hard as well. But um, you know, hats off to them boys, man. Hats off to them. You know, it came up short, but they definitely should be content with the effort that they gave. You know, and uh, along those lines, Galen, uh, something that, that Kelvin Sampson always mentions when he's talking about the program and how they've elevated, it's the, the foundation that guys mm-hmm. like you, before you, Rob Gray, uh, he always mentions Damian Dotson, Wes Van Vleck, the, the list goes on and on. When you look at the run, especially now, third straight year, uh, that's, that's been mm-hmm. a tournament that Houston advanced to the Sweet 16. Uh, do you ever just take a step back and, and think about, like, yeah, you know, yeah, we, we laid that foundation, we helped establish that culture, and it's, it's carried on. Yeah, I mean, people don't let me forget it. Like, I don't like to really think too highly of myself, but um, it's just, it was just honestly like a privilege just to be a part of something like that. You know, um, when we were the only, when the only the people who believed in us were the guys that were in the locker room. You know, I remember we were Coach Sam and I used to be me, Coach Sam. I was a freshman at the time, so it was me and Wes. Wes is a walk on because all the, you know, all the other guys, they made us do it. But we used to go to the frat houses, go to, to try to get people to come to the game. And of course, they tell us, like, yeah, yeah, we'll be there. We'll be there. How far is still empty? And to see now the the, yeah. the the support we're getting, I mean, obviously, it's because we're winning, but, like, to see everybody kind of gravitate towards the team because of the success we're having and how hard these guys work, man, it's, it's a beautiful thing to see. And, um, you know, I just remember my senior year, I think we played uh, – we were playing Memphis, first game with the conf- of conference play. And uh, I just remember looking around, like, man, this is the environment 
that I used to watch other schools have. And like now I'm playing in this type of environment. You know what I'm saying? It was kind of surreal to me. Man, talk about the family atmosphere because I, I saw that um that coach, I think Coach Kellen talked about how you joined practice when they had some of the bodies went down and yeah. just your willingness to go back and help and what you saw from the group when you went back to help uh, to help practice and just have extra bodies and what you see from the way they played today and they continue this run. Uh, they're definitely light years away from the team that I practice against. Um, I mean, I was just trying to give them a different look and try to help the guys who like Tajay. I like. Tajay was not the guy y'all see today. Let me tell you, he was he was shook. But we were asking him to do things that were kind of almost out of his. Out of, we were asking him to do it initially, but um, that can you keep it down, brother? Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yo, Tajay. But you know, when you, guys like that who are extremely talented, we know you you don't have to worry about somebody coming in a sub to get you out after you make a mistake. It gives you a lot of confidence, and you see that today that like. Coach Simpson, he had to breathe confidence in these guys, had to expand their games. And, um, you know, I was just – I just remember thinking, I, I was like, man, Mark and T. Mark went down. I'm, man, I'm, I'm trying – I'm curious to see how he's – I know he's going to do something, but I'm curious to see how he's going to do it. And he just kept the, he just kept the formula the same. Whatever t- – the toughest team, the toughest team is going to win. And that's been us. Hey, Galen. Um, so could you talk about it from like an analytical standpoint, um, even before this game, when you looked at the matchup between Houston and Illinois and you saw what we were able to do with Coffee Coburn, you know, mm-hmm. defensively, like trapping him, um, sending yeah. double teams his way. Did you feel like that's the same game that was going to yeah. happen? That's how we were going to yeah. game plan for it? Uh, I, I, our defensive scheme pretty much stays the same because we monster the post on everybody. So I mean I wasn't gonna yeah. I was I wasn't too terribly worried about that, um, but I just knew that the way we can play up getting up and down and bro is what seven one two three hundred they say it's two eighty five that's a lie it broke by three hundred pounds so <laughs> him, him getting up and down the court you know it's gonna it was gonna wear on him and then we were gonna send yeah. we were gonna send guys on him and you know Reggie um, Jaywan Josh Faith they all did a good job of being physical wearing them down. And, um, you know, over the course of a 40-minute game, especially when he's the other team's primary scorer, and then he's, he's having to guard on the other end, it's, that's going to wear him down. So, um, I, I honestly really wasn't really – I wasn't really worried about him. I was worried about uh, Plummer and Frazier more so mm. than I was Coburn. Man, talk about more about Tajay. I know you're saying he wasn't the player we've seen, but he had probably, probably his best game today along with mm-hmm. Kyler. Like those mm-hmm. two, along with Jamal. I mean, Jamal, especially you as a point guard – Playing under uh, Coach Sampson, I mean, he just dominated the game from I guess from all three guards. What are you seeing from them, and how far they can help take us? Uh, I know uh, Tajay. I remember like um, I was on the scout team when we were practicing, and he was the one on the other team, and he was he didn't even know where to go. like he was just in over his head. Oh, I was like, you on this play, you got to go right here and make a pass like this. Like, I remember specifically coaching him, and he was obviously absorbing it because, you know, he wants to do good, wants to do good things. But seeing him today, and even from that point up until this point, um, mind blown. But it's like it doesn't really come as a shock to me because he has all the skills, all the all the tools. You know, he's he was finishing over Colburn. But he was attacking relentlessly because he could jump over him. Like, not everybody can do that. And then Kyler – Kyler, he just did what he does. He makes shots, tough, tough shot maker, tough shot taker. And Jamal, I've just really been impressed with him because it's it's crazy how with something like that happens, how 
other guys step up and they're able to play the way that they they're capable of playing. And uh, Jamal, he's definitely taking that taking that step, especially with his passing, uh, his leadership abilities, taking control of the game, the pace of the game, and being able to take and make shots confidently. You know, and uh, I'm I'm proud of all those guys. Yeah, a lot of lines. Uh, one of those transfers, Josh Carlton, who, um, for the most part, he had to guard Kofi Coburn uh, yeah. pretty much most of the game. I, I know there was this one position where I think Colfer, uh, Coburn was able to get him down low in the post. He scored on him, and he came uh, down the position. Yeah, he was rocking the baby. Josh Carlton comes down the other end. He and gets one. the rebound. Exactly. Puts up the end one, and he makes the free throw. Uh, just possessions like that, those, those are culture plays that, that you guys, um, the, the program, always talks about. Uh, but can you talk a little bit about Josh Carlton and, and – how, like I said, he's a transfer. He came from UConn, mm-hmm. and really, what what he said throughout the season is when when he came to Houston, he realized that um, the biggest change is how um, they they know how to win. That that was mm-hmm. his main thing that he said. That's that's what he wanted to do when he came to Houston. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about Carlton a little bit? Uh, I remember him being in the gym in the summer as well. I remember guys went, certain guys left to go home for break. He was in the gym with me, like just on the other end. Putting it, so, like, these guys having the success that they're having, it's no surprise. But I remember Josh uh, with UConn, and I remember he always gave us problems. So, I, when he when he joined the squad, I'm like, okay, cool. We'll take him. We'll take him with open arms. <laughs> but it's kind of it's kind of unbelievable t- to me that um, after I left college or whatever, like, the following years, he didn't play that much at UConn. So, this has got me questioning the UConn coaching staff, like, what were y'all doing? <laughs> because this kid is a – kid is a – kid is a monster. But – Again, him having the success that he's having, being first team all conference, is is no surprise to me. It may be surprised to everybody, but it's no surprise to me. Hey, uh, Galen, I got I got a question. I want to know how does how does Coach Sampson do it, man? Every year it seems like we lose a group of guys. We when we lost Damian Dotson, and then when we lost you got you Rob Gray, um, and then Armani the following year, mm-hmm. and then last year we we lost we lost a whole group of yeah. guys with the uh, Quinn Grimes. And then this year, again, like, I, I want to know from you, like, how what's the sauce? Like, how does he do it every year? It seems like. The, the, the recipe is simple, man, is, is work. Um, but you got to think, uh, when when uh, Jamal last year on that Final Four team, he didn't play that much. But you got to think, he was practicing against Dejan and Quinn every day, practicing against those guys every single day. So you're only going to get better pack, practicing against guys who – are probably a little better than you. And that's what he did, you know, and um, it's, it's no, it's no secret formula, man. There's no, it's just work and being, be, being willing to put in the work. Dayon, you got any other questions uh, before um, I know Galen has to, to go in a second. Well, I know before we go, I just, my last question is what did this team need to continue to do um, as far as where they play you, the Arizona TCU and also, we know you uh, – I think you're the one who coined the term for the city. Let us know about your clothing oh, yeah. line, everything you got going. We got to make sure <laughs> below. Oh, so uh, sure yeah. Um, but uh, first, thing, first thing about the team, um, uh, to keep advancing, uh, you just got to keep – you know, you got a Hall of Fame coach. Whenever he gives you a game plan, um, it's probably best that you follow it. You know, you, you kind of know what he's talking about, having won over however many hundred games. So – um, I know he's going to have a good game plan, but the key is sticking to the game plan and staying disciplined to, you know what I'm saying, when things might not go our way, to stay stay, stay on line with the game plan. Um, I know he's going to have our guys ready to play. Um, Arizona and TCU, they're both good teams. 
And that's a sweet 16. That's to go to the Elite Eight. And I remember Coach Sam used to always say, you're just 40 minutes away from the next game. So you got to go out and be the best team for 40 minutes. So if our guys can do, can do that and play harder than the other team, then I'm, I'm confident that we're going to win the game, regardless of who we play against. And Galen, before we uh, we let you go, oh my bad, Ake, were you gonna? I just had just just one more, like I mean they they've been saying it. Hey man, yeah, go ahead. Whatever I gotta ask, man, ask, <laughs> ask man. I'm, 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 I'm in a flow right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, nah, like so, last season they were saying, oh we didn't we played all these double digit seeds. Uh, do does part of you want to play Arizona next? You know, next game just because so that we can make a statement and say like, hey, look, we took out Illinois, and then we're coming for the best teams? I mean, honestly, to me, it don't matter. We're not dug in smoke for nobody, but um, we don't have nothing to prove to anyone. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's there. It's kind of like people saying that um, like people still have bad stuff to say about LeBron. It's like, what more does he have to prove? You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying we're right. but it's just like you get to a point like somebody's going to always have something to say. Or you get to a final four, oh, y'all played double. We just played the next, we just played the teams that won, brother. We don't have, we, we don't control that. You know what I'm saying? So people are going to say whatever they want to say. Um, I wish I can say what I'm thinking on air, but no, I'll keep it. Yeah, so forget them. Forget them. We appreciate it, Galen. You uh, I got, get I got one, down I got one on while he in the zone. Talk about Fabian, man. You've been around Fabian the longest. I mean, man. winniest player. I mean, talk man. about his game. Man. From Everything. Man, I ain't even going to lie. I don't even know where to start. Me and Spade, Fabe, Fabe, me and Fabe, man, we, we, spent so, we spent so much time together, man. Um, I'm just happy that it's, it's happening to a guy like him. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm really lost for words. Like, I can't even put into words how proud I am of him. Um, just because, like, I know how hard he's worked, you know, and I know how much it means to him to do well, to play to the level that he knows that he's capable of playing. Um but for it to be a Houston kid and to somebody who, who looked at me and told me that the only reason I came to this school is because of you. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of just like, man. Because Fabian, he, he don't really say too much. But, you know, whenever he says something, like, it's it's, it's real. You know what I'm saying? So um, for it to happen to a guy like that, man, um, I, it almost brings, like, tears to my eyes. And I can't even lie. I'm, I'm so happy for him and I'm, I'm so proud of him. And, and Galen, uh, unless if we have other questions, I was going to end it on a on a kind of a funny note. But Michelle uh, Screen is Kelvin Sampson celebrating. You got to talk to us. What how, what's Kelvin Sampson celebrations like? Hey, bro. All I was hoping that he just didn't turn around. That's that's horrible. But no, man, he, you know the coaches. They they you know they they're working on the game plan. They're the ones that's watching endless hours of film. They're putting in more work than we are. Um, so, yeah. you know, it has to be exhilarating for them to know that, especially for him to know that I want my guys to do this and to know that we get the right thing and it, it we, we won. You know what I'm saying? So um, I know I know he's feeling triumphant right now because I know I know our coaches have, I know they, they work very, very hard for sure. Okay, now thank you for taking the time out of your day to join us. Uh, once again, that's G underscore Robinson one on Twitter. Be sure to follow him and everything he does. Uh, again, and any other thoughts you'd like to share before uh, before uh, we let you go? Uh, man, no, this is this is a cool little thing y'all are doing, man. This is this is all right. This this is some, this is some nice stuff, man. I salute I salute you, brothers, man, for real. And also tagging it, your tagging your clothing line where they can uh, shop for your clothing line before you go. 
Uh, holding line is well, the website is onesubstantial.com, the number one, and then substantial. I hope y'all can spell. And uh, just some <laughs> little closing that I do on the side, man, is the meaning behind this to find your purpose, kind of like Nike slogan is uh, just do it. So it's just something fun that I do, man, and it keeps me mentally sane. You know what I'm saying? So, but like I said, man, appreciate y'all boys for having me, man. Hats off to y'all. Keep doing what y'all doing and go Cougs. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston. All original. That was Galen Robinson. We, we really appreciate him taking the time out of his day to, to join the show. Uh, Dayon Akib, uh, well, Dayon kind of cut off for a second. I don't know if he's still there. But uh, before we bring in our, our next guest, uh, Paige, um, anything else in terms of uh, the, the actual game itself? Uh, and really what I think what the, was the play of the game was you mentioned it, uh, uh, Fabian White, when, the, when the, the ball was loose, it seemed like it was going to go out of bounds. He tipped it. Not only did he tip it, but he passed it ahead to Tajay Moore, who finished it with the layup. For me, in the midst of that that run, I believe it was a, a 25-9 to nine run that put the game out of reach when the game was tied at 40. That that was pretty the, the nail of the coffin. What say y'all? Yeah, definitely. And um... – uh, just like looking back on what we did in the second half defensively against Coffee Coburn, like we we almost didn't even let him. We tried to make sure he didn't even get the ball at times, and yeah. we saw a couple of steals. Um, I think from uh, I think it was Cheney who like anticipated a pass, and we saw that Illinois wanted to just run their offense through Coffee Coburn, and everything else was secondary. And you know it was I'm not gonna say it was easy to game plan against, but at the same time, like. Houston did an amazing job to shut him down, and they didn't let him get anything going late in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I think that play you just described was a, really a return to Tide, and, and the momentum will fully swing because it's able to pound, and Jamal Shea kind of took over and scored seven straight points. So, I mean, I think that definitely jump-started, and, and Coach Sampson said it, and it's easier – to guard post players versus guarding guards. I mean, because Galen just talked about the monster defense. No matter who Houston plays, they're going to double the post and, and monster and blitz the post. And so that game plan didn't change. And then you make him defend on the other end. It only makes him exude more energy. But, I mean, Tajay, every, everyone played played good. It was just, just a sight to see, especially from that one play to Fabian. And I was just like an avalanche. And on that note, we are not yet to be sponsored hotline. We bring in uh, Paige Lawrence, former University of Houston track and field athlete. Paige, uh, thank you for joining the show. How are you? Uh, give me a second. We, oh, I'm, I got there you. we go. There you go. No, I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Excited to be here. So let's get right into it. what were your thoughts from that game, uh, especially you know the it, it was a, it, it's funny that we mentioned that you former UH uh, track and field star. Obviously, this game certainly before uh, Houston kind of blew it open. It, it was a bit of a track meet for for a second. It was a lot of uh, physicality and and like I said, Illinois wasn't going away until the very end. Uh, just your overall takeaways from that game. I think you can always count on Houston to have a fast paced game. Everywhere they go, it doesn't matter the opponent that they play against. It's always fast paced, always high intensity. And that's exactly what we saw today against Illinois. And that's how they win games. You can't buy that culture anywhere. Like it's hard to get to that point. And just to see Houston's transition, like listening to Galen and talking about how U of H used to be and begging people to come to the game. And now it's like 
you got to try to get a ticket off the street or trying to get yeah. a ticket from someone because it's so hard to just get into the games now. So I'm really pleased. I mean, I have Houston going all the way. And today just reassured my pick um, in my brackets. Dan, I could I'll let you guys uh, step in. You guys have any questions? Yeah, I, I kind of um, I got Houston as my pick too, and, and really that defense and that rebounding, like Paige just said, that's really what travels on a game to game basis. Anyone can go off. We said Kyler went off in game one. Tajay and um, and Jamal went off here in in game two, along with just with all the culture plays. We got so many offensive rebounds in that first, we really weren't converting them. But still, it kind of just wears down the team when you pound the glass and you just playing so hard. Reggie Miller said it almost seems like Houston has seven defensive players on the court. That's how much they're in sync. That's how much they're moving. That's how much they're making everything tough. And it was really nothing easy. I thought Illinois' guards would play a little better, Frazier and Plummer, because they struggled in game one. But they just continued to struggle. Every, Houston contested all shots, and they just played the same post defense that they've been playing all year. And I'll agree to that, too, because I would say for Illinois, as far as the guards, you had good come in those two back after back threes. And that really made a difference for Illinois to really find their footing and regain that energy because Houston was just really turning over and gaining the energy, really controlling the game there. So I agree that the guards for the Illinois, they were not really doing what I expected them to do as far as this game went. Uh, I mean, at any point in, in the game, did you feel nervous? Like my heart was, my heart was pounding, and like especially in that second half because it got it, it, it was a tie game. Like, I mean, did you feel nervous? But about the same time, do you think we we're gonna pull it out? You know, I don't think I sat down at all during the second half. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was nervous just because it's March Madness. You know, you never know what to expect. You don't know if Kofi's gonna get hot because he did have a couple slams where it was just like, oh, okay, I don't want that to carry on into the next possession. But I was a little nervous. Heart definitely was beating throughout the duration of the rest of the game. But I'm securing the coups. I'm securing what they can do. The talent really shows for himself. And just to hear the commentators talk about how Houston is seated and how they're definitely not a five seed. And last year, having them talk about, oh, we only play double-digit teams and we we're not really matching our competition. And now having a total different narrative this season, it's just interesting to me. So I'm I'm just excited. I'm super excited for the next level. Whoever we play, Arizona, TCU, it doesn't matter. Anybody can get it at this point. As a former Houston athlete, do you feel like Houston kind of gets overlooked being in the American Conference and not just kind of gets that respect? Definitely. I think no matter what we do as just a school, we're always going to kind of have that underdog note. Everyone always plays us like that for some reason. And it's like every year we have to show them out. No matter what sport it is, I think we always battle in that narrative. And it's unfortunate, but it's kind of a thrill at the same time because it's like, okay, hold on. I got you. Let me, let me show you what we can really do. And along those uh, lines, you were talking about earlier how really this program has been been able to grow from where it was. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you first joined the university in, in 2014 around that era. Uh, when when Calvin Sampson first uh, joined the program. So you, you kind of got to witness really how uh, when he first came here, how he was able to build it up from literally from the ground up. Obviously, um, 
you know, Houston always had the history in terms of the 80s, those teams, the Final Four teams with Fly Slime and Jamma, and then it really fell off from there uh, until Calvin Sampson came back and then built it back up. Can you talk a little bit about what you've seen, obviously being a part of the, the athletics department and, and see the gradual improvement year over year until now? They That's the third straight season that they've made a Sweet 16. Yeah, freshman year, I always think back to Hot Finds and how dark it was in there and how how just – it was old. It needed something new, something refreshing and to see Coach Sampson come in and really just evolve that in the culture. It, that That's a thing. That's a real thing. That's not something that they're just saying. Coach Sampson will literally walk onto the campus and go to classes, asking students to come to the games and adding that personal touch. I think it it really makes you feel connected to the university and Houston as a whole. And, you know, just to see them from going to struggle to win games to struggle to lose games. It's, it's just black and white and the new facility definitely adds a new touch. Like they have mirrors and TVs in their bathrooms. Like that's (laughs) state of the art, like, you know, so just having that be a part of the evolution of the university of Houston and the facilities and the program recruiting people want to come here. You don't even have to do much because your work, really speaks volumes for itself. So just to see the growth, it's it's definitely there. And I think it's here to stay now. I think the culture is definitely foundation, something that Coach Sampson actually said in his post-game interview. He was saying that we don't water trees, we water roots. Mm-hmm. And I think from there, they can really build on for the future of this program and where it's going to go from here. Yeah, I was there those same years and uh, – you, I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine, you know, at that time that it would, the program would be built like this from Coach Sampson. Like I was there from 2012, and I mean, I'll be, I was going to the games, but I'll be honest, like you wouldn't see nobody uh, right <laughs> in, in the arena. So it's crazy. Like some of the, some of the incoming, you know, freshmen or whatever, like they're seeing all this right now. But you know, just talk a little bit about like how you know, they might not be able to f- fully appreciate, you know, what's really happening, what's going on. Yes, I will say there is a different sense of appreciation because we were there when the stands were empty. We were in hot finds grabbing all the shirts off the seats. Like we <laughs> we were we were a part of the fa- I really feel like we were a part of the foundation of where the team is now. And just to, I, I don't think this generation really will appreciate it the way we we did. But that's OK, because, you know, sometimes a lot of us, we have to pave the way for it to be the way that it is today. And, you know, now just to see the crowds and see the fans engaged, people with their shirts off going crazy in the stands. I love that. I just, I love that atmosphere. I've always seen that from other schools with their basketball environment. And now to see U of H being one of those cultures and having that be a part, it's just, it's, it's just a different thrill. It's a different feeling. Speaking of shirts off, I don't know if you saw Kelvin oh. Sampson. <laughs> he took his shirt off, and Charles, Charles Barkley actually said during the um, broadcast, "He's like, I don't think we can unsee that." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you love to see that. You love to yeah, see sure. his connection with his team and how proud he is, and they're celebrating each small win to the bigger win. And I just love that to see him in the moment. You can't be mad at that. I mean, come on. <laughs> 
And Paige, on, on uh, a couple of notes before we let you go, in terms of, uh, like we mentioned, in terms of Houston back in the Sweet 16, they're going to play the winner of Arizona or Texas Christian. Uh, it'll be interesting if they have to play either of the schools, obviously, but uh, TCU with the upcoming move to the Big 12 would be something to note. And obviously, of course, Arizona being the number one seed in the region, that writes uh, the story. It gets written by itself. Do you have a, a preference for the matchup? And uh, what, what do you think the keys will be for Houston to, to advance to the Elite Eight for the second straight year? I will take Arizona. Um, that's who I had originally in my bracket to go against Houston. I think for Houston to be efficient against Arizona rebounding, we do that well. So just continue on with that, but also converting, making those scoring runs because Houston is one of those teams that can go on a scoring run and keep that run. So just Houston, keeping the fast pace, keeping the rebounding, everyone pretty much getting engaged. You're seeing, the players getting more comfortable beyond the arc. And that's something that's been beneficial for Houston as far as their comp competitors go. So I think just doing exactly what we saw today, especially in the second half, is how they will be successful in advance on to Elite Eight from there. Well, Paige, we want to thank you again for joining us. Let us know where, um, where they can find you. I know you got your own podcast, podcast. front pages behind you. Plug yourself in. Yes. So my at name is at page says two. If you're interested in another sports podcast, it is the front pages on Instagram, P-A-I-G-E-S. And you can just find that on Instagram. New episodes every Monday. I'll give you 10 out of 10 for that name. That's a that's a pretty catchy name. I'll, hey, I'll give you that. <laughs> you, you get it. You get it. That's all that matters. Well, Paige, thank you for joining us and uh, good luck uh, with your future endeavors and good luck to, to Houston. We'll see you uh, next weekend. Yes. Thank you so much, guys. Love what you have going on here and keep going and go Coots. Looking for a better way to rep H-Town? Be sure to check out ApolloHOU.com for Astros and Rockets apparel you can't find anywhere else. Use promo code LAUNCH for 10% off at checkout. Apollo HOU. All Houston, all original. Thank you, Paige, again for, for taking the time to join us. Um, we have Chris Gardner on standby, but uh, Dayan Akib, uh, before we, we bring in Chris, um, once again, going back to, to this game, and really we, we, we've talked a little bit about Tajay Moore, but I, certainly before that, that final run that Houston did to, to put the game out of reach, he, to be quite frankly, there was a point where he was the only offense for Houston. It, it seemed like he was uh, the most effective scorer and and he had the advantage where he could literally, it seemed like at times he could glide and jump over Kofi Coburn and, and his defense. Uh, he, we can't say enough about how big of uh, the credit has to go to Tajay Moore, especially towards the middle of that game, early second half. Yeah. He, he defined like exactly what Houston basketball is all about. And that's the one thing that's uh, uh, like, and before I talk about more about him, like you can get UH, players at any given day like whether it be Fabian or whether it be you know Tajay or what or Shed today it was also Shed like you any one of any one game someone's gonna step up and then also Kyler Edwards he's been consistent too now and last game he had 25 so I mean but speaking on Tajay like like this was probably one of his better games of the whole entire season he was doing literally doing it all like defense offense as well and um, just like I'm proud of what, like what we what we've seen from him in the tournament. 
And on that note, via our yet-to-be-sponsored hotline, we bring in, as always, Chris Gardner of the Houston Roundball Review. Chris, thank you for joining us. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great, man. Y'all are doing a great job. You got guests now. I mean, do we have a – I mean, I'm on the yet-sponsored line. What, are, what is the guest line? We have a sponsorship a name for that, too, Andy? What do you want to call that? I mean, because hmm. I, guess, I guess I'm a guest to you guys' show, but I'm kind of different then Keelan Robinson, you know, I mean, he's the guy who helped start this turnaround of the program. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We got we to gotta, we gotta come up with a name for it. It's certainly going to be uh, – we got to keep growing. Maybe uh, we'll call it the, you know, the sponsored segment. We, we, like we said, we got so many things to, to grow and, and continue to do it. But uh, and, Chris, and let me say real quick before we get into the game. You got – Andy, you, you taking this and run with it. And I, I'm enjoying all the feedback and comments, but I challenge the people tuning in to the show on Twitter and YouTube, support this show, okay? And I mean support it with word of mouth, of course, that's great, but with dollars, okay? Andy's had this idea. We want to see it grow. I think he's done a great job with a limited budget. Imagine what we could do with a bigger budget, Okay. So that's a challenge to the Cougar fan, the Cougar alums going forward, because this is just the start of it. It's not going to end when this tournament run ends. And he has plans to do this for football season and going forward. So that's my challenge to you from I am an alum as well. I'm the oldest of these guys right here, but I am an (laughs) alum from class 94. So I am getting the thrill out of all of you youngsters. And I can with he remembers the days of Hoffines. Young fella, I remember the days of Ray McCallum going when there was nobody in that den- <laughs> dungeon of Hawthorne Pavilion, you know. So it is just a thrill for this old man to see the program come so far and go back to the Sweet 16 for the third straight year, third straight tournament. So that was what that's way before even Aubrey Coleman took us, you know, to the yes. tournament. Yes, <laughs> that's Tom Pender's days. I mean, it was some dark, dark, dark days of UH basketball. Ooh, I figured that out. Uh, we appreciate, I, Chris, I can't thank you enough for those words. Uh, they mean a lot. And, uh, I mean, even like what Gaylen Robinson said right now, before he left, uh, he shouted us out. So let's continue to build that momentum. Let's continue to grow. I'm looking at, at our viewer count right now. This, this is the most live view show that we've had, uh, that we've done these. And that, that means a lot. Uh, but, Chris, let's get right into it. Obviously, uh, you just came from the post-game availability that Calvin Sampson had after Houston uh, defeated Illinois in their second-round matchup of the NCAA tournament. They will once again advance to the Sweet 16 third straight year uh, that the tournament's been held. The Houston has at least advanced to the Sweet 16. Uh, did anything stand out? What, what did Calvin and, and the players that spoke have to say? Do you know what uh, what portion of the clip you got lined up? Is it, is it the intro or, or, or what? Have you had a chance to listen to it? I have yet? not. I'm trying to, to double-handed it. Okay, but, no worries, but I'm, I'm going to go backwards. Well, one thing that stood out was Coach Sampson said that we knew they were going to highlight Kofi on one end. We're going to go pick and roll to him on the other end. <laughs> so because they knew, and you saw it down the stretch, of Kofi, would not, he was in drop coverage, basically. So he was like daring Jamal Shedd to get a jump shot or penetrate. And Jamal's like, okay, <laughs> I'm ready for this. I can make jumpers. I can finish at the rim, too. So he did great work. And then Coach Underwood for Illinois, 
he gave uh, kudos to both Jamal and Taze for gave them credit for their performance today in the win for Houston. You're muted, Andy. I guess we're on we're all muted because of the video crud. Yeah. I yeah, I don't see anymore, so I'm no, kidding. yeah. No, I was going to ask a question, uh, and this is for Dayon and Akib. You guys have to unmute yourself, but uh, was there anything that you guys wanted to, to, to ask uh, Chris uh, before we uh, move on a little bit? Yeah, Chris, like what did you think when you saw it? Because Kofi Coburn, he was he was doing some damage in the first half and early in the second half. Like what did you think of the job that, you know, the Houston players did against him, especially in the second half? And, you know, almost daring to, for the other players of uh, Illinois to, you know, try to make a play. Well, the one thing I think Illinois kind of went away from, which surprised me, is it's harder to double-team Kofi when he's in the middle of the paint, the painted area. And when he's on one side or the other, the double-team's easier, and then it shields his vision to make a pass out of it. So when he was in the middle of the painted area, middle of the floor, it was much harder to double-team him. And they went away from that. Josh Carlton did as well as he could. He got in foul trouble, but he did his job. Brady Chaney did his job. We touched on it before, talking about the matchup. And Coach Sampson said it again in postgame. He has no problem defending bigger post players for another team. That's what they enjoy doing. It's much, hard, it's much easier to defend a big post player than it is to defend on the perimeter. Dayon, do you have anything for Chris? I, I wanted to ask him about uh, Jamal Shad and Tajay Moore. Yeah, no, I'm just going to piggyback on, on what he said um, about the defense and Kofi. I think they, like in the times when they actually put Kofi in pick and roll and allowed him to roll, they had more success versus just trying to post him up on the block, like you said, Chris. And that was something that I noticed as well. And we both thought Illinois' guards would play better, but I think they're struggle. But, I mean, I guess going right into your question, I guess you want to ask him about Tajay and Jamal Shea. What were your thoughts on, on both of those? Tajay was it's 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 good to see the staff giving him more responsibility this last two weeks you know they've gone to we touched on it i think in the very first less rage coups about wanting to see him get more touches in the mid-range they're posting him up more and coach did not say it specifically but he mentioned that they felt they had some advantages some matchups that they wanted to exploit today and i'm sure Tazay on pretty much anybody Illinois had on him was one of those matchups they wanted to exploit. I've been saying this, you know, throughout this show in the past. Um, that mid-range jump shot, I'm gonna say it again. I'm gonna say it every single game, every single show. But that mid-range jump shot for Tajay is like his bread and butter. And uh, I don't know, like talk about also, yeah, Tajay, like what he's been, what else he's able, he's been able to do outside of just be, get, being able to score the basket. He's, he's, I mean, the story, it's great to hear him not getting more national recognition about the five leg, leg surgeries. And, and this question was, after the surgery, would he be, have the same hops that he had before the surgeries? I'm just trying to imagine if he's lost any hops from the surgeries. Because let's imagine if he jumped higher <laughs> before the surgeries, what he's doing now. It's, it is, he glides through the air. And... He had some Tazi moments, too, because Coach Sampson said, I think, at one point this season that sometimes Tazi 
helps both teams. He had one of those in the first half when he took a, he rushed a shot and you're like, Tazi, what, what is this? But then he fought up with a great play, <laughs> you know, his hang time bucket over Kofi. We went right at Kofi, Kofi jumped with him. How's he like, okay, I'm going to hang here for a little bit. You come down, I'm going to finish over you anyway. So Tazi Moore, just good and bad. But that second half for Heat and Jamal was sensational. And Andy, if you don't mind, put up that comment right there from SB, the last one about Corbello. I am too. I'm surprised he did not play more today. I mean, he, he struggled in the first game of the tournament with the six turnovers. But, I mean, he is one of their, their better guards, I thought. So that's on Illinois. That's their problem. They're done now. It's on to San Antonio for the Cougs. So who cares? Yeah, 10 minutes over four. Um, really, really struggled early. But I, I, speaking of Tajay Moore, I did. I figured out the clip, and I, I want to play, play it. Um, so this is Tajay Moore speaking. This past year, to to be on the stage and to be able to produce, you know, twenty one points and and be kind of an offensive go to guy there. Uh, you know, what does that mean to you? What what kind of emotions does that bring out? It just shows that they believe in me, and um, I appreciate them more than they ever know it just because all those uh all those long nights coach q worked out with me and coach samson yelling at me it just shows that he just wants it for all of us uh all the coaching staff they want it for all of us and they know they know who they recruit and they know what we can do and they just try to pull it out of us every day in practice um in the film room even at 7 a.m when we have to go through walkthroughs they just energize the guys and they just come every day and it's hard to not it's hard to not be on the same level as them when they come like that every day. Last question for the student athletes right down here. Joseph Dykus with Blue Ribbon Basketball. Jamal, uh, guarding Kofi is a team effort. And I was wondering, as a guard, what is it like um, helping on Kofi and being part of that team construct? Uh, you know, Coach uh, made a lot of emphasis that, you know, the easier that they can get the ball to Kofi, the easier it is for him to score. So, you know, for me personally, just get out in pressure and make it as hard as a pass as it can be. So, you know, my guys like Reggie and Josh, Fabe and, J and Jaywan don't have to go through so much and put it all on them. You know, it's a team sport. It's a team effort. You know, we just wanted to help them as much as we can. Thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate it. A couple things on that note uh, that, that honestly, Galen Robinson talked about when he was on. But I was curious about Tajay Moore's comments whenever he uh, transferred over here and, and getting the opportunity to, to play on this grand stage. Uh, something that Galen Robinson talked about. It, it's just something about Calvin Sampson where he gets players to buy in, and he's been able to do it since he stepped foot at U of H. And uh, Chris, you know, this is something that he says, it seems like probably once every two weeks whenever he's speaking to reporters about how uh, the key word he always said was how there was a lot of apathy towards the program when he first took over in 2014. Uh, and he mentions that he had to fight people along the way, get them to, to care about the program. And then you look at a comment like what Tajay Moore said, and it's just a complete turnaround that now kind of Houston is, they, honestly, they've kind of become a place to be, especially with, with players from a whole bunch of uh, different areas that come over here and, and they're able to buy it. And that's something that Calvin Sampson has never been, let go. And I think that speaks volumes to what he's been able to establish, not only himself, of course, but the coaching staff and, and just the culture that's around. I didn't mean to say culture as in Houston always says it, but the tradition that they've done and that they've established. Agreed. And I, I want to say this and coach, and he said it a couple of times, but it's, it, I mean, it's true. But part of his, his postgame comments was 
all those guys referencing Quinn, Dejan, Justin, Bryson are gone, but mm-hmm. the culture never changes. It's all about us and we, and as a UH alum, it's Houston versus everybody. It's been the way since I was at the school. It may never change. Even when a championship, it may never change, but so what? NASA recognition from the media, who cares? But I promise you, players, kids around the country, they recognize what's going on here in Houston. They recognize what Coach Sampson and the staff have established. And a lot of them want to be here. Believe me when I say that. So I'm not worried about what national guys say, whether they picked them to beat UH win today. So what? UH got the job done, going to P16. But don't be surprised with uh, another transfer or two comes in. You're like, wow, really? That's all I'm going to say on that. And uh, <laughs> well, Chris, uh, thanks for adding that note there. Um, but along those lines, uh, the other comment that Jamal Shedd spoke about in terms of their their game plan to attack uh, Kofi Colburn and really defend them. And uh, I, I've noticed this really in the first half, but throughout the entire game, that Houston did a great job of making Kofi have to exert so much effort just to, to be able to get open and get the ball. I mean, <laughs> when you look at him down low in the paint, it didn't matter who was guarding him, especially if, if he had a Reggie Cheney or, or some of the, the other smaller bigs on him, they would front him. They were fronting him, and they had to not only make him have to work, but uh, the other players for Illinois, they literally had to make a perfect pass for him to be able to, to get the ball. And then usually when he would get it, he would end up getting fouled and he had to go shoot free throws. Uh, I think that game plan that Houston was able to execute was perfect. And uh, really, I think that was a big factor. And I think the the TV broadcast mentioned it, how exhausted Kofi Coburn looked. And I, honestly, when you look at the game, that I feel like that played a big factor in the run Houston was able to do. Uh, at the end of the second half where they were able to close it out because it honestly, it seemed like Illinois kind of ran out of gas there at the end. Jamal made a great point. It's, it's, it's more difficult for a post player to get the ball. If the perimeter passers are being pressured mm-hmm. and he did a great job of it. So did Kyler and Tajay did a great job of pressuring the entry passes. A lot of those passes were not perfect passes. So if they got to Kofi, he had to work just to catch it. And then had to worry about where the defenses, defenders were coming. So that's all part of the Houston defense. And I want to say this. I won't forget it. When Jamal committed to Houston, I spoke to him. And he told me this. He said he was – and I wish I tell you that I missed Galen being on the show earlier. He said that he was Galen Robinson with an offense. So <laughs> that means – Defense first, because that's what game was known for, but with offense. And I think we saw a lot of that today because Jamal, for a stretch in the second half, he took over on offense for Houston. Yeah, he, he was really – he was a, the player that ignited that that run that, that put away the game uh, against Illinois. I think it was when they tied it at 40 and he scored seven straight points. Um, and a lot of it was getting to a spot. Uh, he loves that floater and – Honestly, he's become kind of automatic when he shoots that floater. Akib, were you going to say something uh, before I move on? Yeah, I mean, for like Shed, that's like his. That's become his bread and butter. That floater. I'm. I'm. Every time he throws that up, like I'm extremely confident that's going to go down. And I mean, look at looking at him as a playmaker. Um, how many assists today? I think he had like he had three, but there were many times he had an extra pass or like it was it was like an hockey assist and. You can see the numbers also show it. Like he's number, I think he's number seven 
in the country in assists per game. He's uh, top five in total assists in the country, top five in assists to turnover ratio. And like every when he's on the floor, he's like he's our floor general, and UH kind of moves how he how he moves. So, um, I mean, I don't know if, if Chris had anything to add on on Shed and you know his greatness. Well, the, the most important thing is the Cougs only had nine turnovers. Illinois had seventeen, and I think the Cougs won the the points off turnover battle twenty to thirteen. So that's that's important. That's a key part of. Houston's success is to limit turnovers themselves, but also take advantage of turnovers they force from the opponent. And we're seeing Jamal Shea continue to grow, and you guys know it. I'm not going to say who the colleague was, but a colleague made a reference to Jamal being a sophomore. Yeah. And Coach Sampson said, nope, nope, nope. He's a freshman. He's a 19-year-old freshman. So, (laughs) but whatever. Jamal Shedd, it's his first time starting in the NCAA tournament, and he's played well thus far in the first two games for Houston. Yeah, and as we look ahead, obviously, of course, uh, Sweet 16, they'll play uh, sometime next weekend. Uh, and it'll be Friday or Saturday, correct? Uh, one one of those two days where uh, Thursday they or match Friday. Thursday, Thursday or Friday. Friday. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Sunday. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's Thursday and Saturday is yeah. the for San Antonio for uh, for uh, South Region. So there you go. Yep, Thursday and Saturday. So one of those two days, it'll be interesting. But obviously, of course, they'll play the winner of Arizona and and TCU. Chris, when it comes to that matchup, is there uh, one in particular that that might favor Houston, or or is it more of a, a wait and see? What 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 could that potential matchup look like if it's Arizona or if it's TCU? Arizona probably has more athletes, but Ker Kresa is their their best point guard, but he's dealing with an ankle issue. But, uh, I mean, TCU, Mike Miles is from the state. So that, you know, a TCU-Houston matchup, bragging rights for the state of Texas could be a lot, you know, a lot more intense for, for that matchup. But Arizona, as the number one seed in the region, would get more attention if Cougs, if the Cougs were to beat them. Yeah, and especially like with us, with especially with how last season went with the whole us beating up on double digit seeds. Like I was, I asked Galen. I don't know if he caught that, but I asked Galen Robinson uh, on the show. Like, do you prefer to play Arizona just because of the bragging rights? And um, and he said for him it was like it doesn't matter. He said we should have the respect from you know the and the national attention from everybody regardless of who we play in the tournament. So I don't know if, if Chris, if you share that same sentiment. And I don't care. You know, Houston should have their respect nationally. Still don't. And like I said, they may never get the national respect. Don't care. Even if the national respects, respect does not come after a championship. And people still hate, don't care. Take the national championship and keep, keep it moving. Whatever. What, what, Coach Sampson and the staff have built here is built to last. And if the national media, some national media refuse or are slow to recognize that, that's on them. 
Yeah, and I, th- and I think you could see that even in the TV broadcast. I think it was Reggie Miller that said at Houston, uh, they're not a five seed <laughs> in terms of their rankings. That was a big, uh, a big uh, controversy among Houston fans. They felt that they were seeded lowly. Um, now, mentioning that game between Houston and whoever wins between Arizona and TCU, that game will be on Thursday. I just saw saw literally uh, Joseph Dorte's tweet of the Houston Chronicle, so they will play Thursday regardless of, of matchup. Uh, time has yet to be announced. Uh, I'm sure that will come after the conclusion of Arizona and TCU. So even then, that, that's a big break for Houston, especially after such a physical game that it was against Illinois, that you're going to have a few days of rest uh, before they have to take on whoever whoever their next opponent is. Uh, Chris, Aka, we're going to go around the table. Um, and uh, really, when it comes to this game, obviously we, we've kind of hit on all the points. Uh, once again, for those of you just joining us, uh, Houston defeats Illinois 68-53 to advance to the third straight Sweet 16 appearance uh, in the last three tournaments that have been held. Uh, Houston did a really good job defensively on Kofi Colburn, uh, and we, we've heard Jamal Shedd, we heard Eden Robinson all talk about uh, how key that was. But when it comes to, to going forward, and I think something that we've touched on in previous Let's Rage Coups episode is from an offensive standpoint, it, especially after Marcus Sasson from on Mark went down, that, that was the story of, of the season. Uh, at the end of December, this team has kind of evolved to they don't have a go to score. It, it varies a uh, game by game. And we saw that uh, in game one of the tournament against uh, in the first round against um, against UAB. Cause I was I was uh, stuttering there. Uh, but against UAB, we saw that Fabian White really was key in terms of being able to establish the the, uh, the presence for Houston early. Uh, he scored uh, the first six points. And really, it's a completely different turnaround in this game where the bigs were really focused, tasked on, on containing Kofi Coburn and exerting all their effort defensively. But you saw Tajay Moore, you saw Jamal Shedd, you saw Kyler Edwards a step up big. How 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 big of a help has that been for Houston that they don't necessarily have a go-to score? Because I, especially when you look at these teams, the farther you get into the tournament, you you see them. Usually they have one player that stands out. Uh, Houston doesn't necessarily have that, but they have multiple players that can be that guy on any given night. Okay, real quick, let me reference what we see on the screen there. Alan Luna, thank you very much for the support to the show. That is a, a basically a chat sticker, super sticker, and it's an option that people can contribute to Less Rage Cougs on the Houston Round Ball View youtube channel so thank you alan appreciate it he's also a uh, follower and watcher of the let's talk houston rockets show on the channel also so because of mr yanez eastern Bob review is branching out so i'll keep your part of the family now too brother so it's, <laughs> hey, it's all good on. so it's great man so yeah. i'm gonna have you come on talk rockets as well we need to have you on this uh, the folks talking sports show so bring you on there for that also mm-hmm. but the balance, Andy, you touched on it. Coach Underwood of Illinois, he said it. They did a great job on Fabian White. Fabian did not shoot the ball well today, but it was Jamal Shedd, <laughs> Tazia Moore. Coach Sampson and the staff, I think they just, with the balance attack, you don't know who's going to be the go-to score from game to game. So that's got to be hard for opponents to defend because who, who are you going to key on? Some, I mean, Kyler Edwards did work in the first game of the tournament. Today it was Tazi Moore and Jamal Shedd. Who's going to be Thursday? Could be, could be somebody else. Maybe it's, it's Josh Carlton. It'd be kind of 
interesting to see what he does against if Arizona wins their bigs. But so it's going to be curious to balance. Sometimes it is good to not have one elite player because you got a, a versatile offense and it's harder for a team to scout. Yeah, I'm, and I don't want to be misquoted on this, but I thought, you know, obviously whenever we lost um, uh, Sasser and Tremont, there were some, there's, you know, there, there are questions circling the team, like who's going to be the guy for us. But somehow we've, in, in a way, we've even played better as a unit, not having to rely on Sasser and Tremont to just get us buckets. Because the way this, this offense runs is even when somebody's hot, we don't just continuously pound the ball. To, I mean, unless it's in the post, but we don't continuously just keep going to Shed or keep going to Edwards. It's just... Um, we just let the offense flow in it of itself. So, I mean, that's what, that's, you know, that's just a comment I wanted to make. No, for sure. And I think you could really see that difference in this game where, especially early in the first half with Illinois, uh, they, it seemed like at times they were trying to force feed it into, into Coburn and, uh, honestly, at times, whenever any of the other players were touched the ball, it seemed like they they were indecisive. They had no idea what they were going to do with the ball, and it was, in my opinion, there was a lot of shots that they passed up just because they didn't want to take it off off passes, and that helped Houston tremendously on the defensive end. So I agree with you, Akib. I think I feel like that that's going to help Houston, and it's helped them to this point. And I think the good thing about this team is it, it's been every game. There's always been someone that steps up, and it's it, usually more often than not, it's someone different each game, uh, game, uh, day in and day out. So that's certainly going to be something to, to keep an eye on, depending on whoever plays, whether it be Arizona or TCU. Chris, uh, obviously along the note, they're going to have a few days of rest. They go to the Sweet 16, and uh, we just mentioned Marcus Sasser now. According to other outlets in Houston, they they interviewed they they after Houston beat Memphis in the conference tournament, they interviewed Marcus Sasser, who said um, he would he would love to play if he were cleared with the X-rays. Now, Calvin Sampson went out on a radio show that following Monday and and said that he's not going to play again this season. Um, Chris, I'm sure you've heard uh, from inside the team people tell you about that. I was told that it was nothing to monitor. Uh, is it something to monitor, Chris? I don't think so. Not, mm-hmm. not anymore. I was told a month ago that there was a slim chance that Marcus would be cleared to play before the season ended. That's a medical decision. Obviously, Marcus wants to play. You know, he's he wants to be part of the team, help the team win. But I thought at the time when I was told that if he did not get a chance to play in the conference tournament, the team would not toss him in the NCAA tournament as his first game back. I mean, that's just that's, that's too much to put on a, a young man who's been out for three months and say, hey, go ahead and play in, in the biggest tournament of the, of our, of the season and save us. I don't think they're going to do that. So that's like I said, that was a month ago. Coach Sampson, he's maintained for a while now that Marcus is done for the season. I don't believe that's going to change. Four games left in the season, Max. So I'm not going to change it. I'm, you know, I'm not going to question Coach Sampson, John Houston, the medical staff. I mean, why right now? Why mm-hmm. rock the boat? <laughs> it, it's exactly. working right now. You know, Jamal Shedd's playing well. And 
we don't know what Marcus would be able to do, you know, in a tournament game the further they go. Thursday, what, you know, Marcus doesn't, he hasn't played a game since December. How much of a help would he be? Conditioning-wise, for sure. Agreed. And, and about a week ago, the same thing. They, they told me that his x-rays, he still had ways to go before he was actually medically, medically cleared to be able to, to, to play. And I know really, especially since he got out of the boot, uh, that's given uh, some fans a lot of speculation to talk about, especially what they saw with uh, Fabian White a year ago. But they need to remember that Fabian White got injured in May. So it was about nine months after whenever he was able to, to make the, the comeback. And even then when he did come back, it was clear that he wasn't 100%. He had to you know slowly ramp his way back up. Now, he still had his moments. Um, I mean, just thinking back to that second-round game against Rutgers last season. But he was never 100%, especially right. when you look at how he was, uh, how he's played this season. It's night and day difference. Uh, along those notes, we have one. Uh, we need to get a name for this hotline because, Chris, you're part of one hotline. Here's a different hotline that does not have a sponsor. Miles Coleman, uh, thank you for joining the show. Uh, Miles, uh, there we go. Can you hear us, Miles? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, we can, sir. How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? I'm great now that the, the Cougs got the win. So I'm a lot better today than, than I was going into the game. <laughs> I, I was a little bit scared about Illinois. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, right off the bat, what were your thoughts of, of the game, especially uh, the way it ended up turning out? Because for about 30 minutes of that game, Houston noise was a uh, – it was a barn burner. I mean, every time Houston, it looked like they were going to have a chance to, to pull away. Illinois would rally back, and they were tied a couple of times uh, until that final run. Yeah, um, I thought both teams started off kind of tight, uh, very slow. Um, well, not so the pace wasn't slow, but as far as like scoring, um, I, th- I thought they got out the gate pretty slow. But um, you know, as Chris mentioned earlier, you never really know with this Houston team who is going to be the player that steps up that day, right? Um, yeah. We have – today was Tajay Moore, um, at least as far as – I feel like Mar- uh, Jamal Shedd, he's the type of point guard who commands the game. He has a great feel for it, a uh, great pace. Um, I think that he is, as a sophomore, I think he's doing – he will absolutely be a first-team all-conference player at some point in his career. Um but Tajay Moore, I feel like, was the heart and the soul of the team today. Uh, just the hustle plays that he made on both offense and defense. And to be able to continue to score when other players were in droughts, when Fabian wasn't necessarily being as aggressive uh, or hitting his shots, or when Kyler wasn't, you know, getting shots in rhythm. And uh, I felt like Tajay kind of was the battery pack for the team today. For sure. And along those lines, obviously now they're heading to third straight Sweet 16 appearance. They're going to play the winner of Arizona TCU. How do you feel about that game? And uh, what do you feel about Houston's chances of getting back to the Elite Eight? So I've watched TCU a lot this year, and I think that there's some some sort of an enigma, right? Um, Mm -hmm. They weren't ranked very highly. I don't think that they were ranked at all in the top 25 coming into the tournament. And I don't think that their seeding tells really the story about TCU. I think um, it was back in either late February, no, uh, late March or mid-March, sorry, late February, I apologize, um, where they beat both Baylor and Kansas in the same week. So, you know, I think TCU has proven that they can beat anyone on any given day. Um, 
uh, Miles Moore, I believe is his name. Uh, I think he's from the state, but he, I mean, he's terrific. Mike Miles. Mike Miles. Sorry, yep. sorry. I'm getting two names. I'm getting Tajay Moore and and Mike Miles' name mixed up. Apologize, but um, <laughs> yeah, Mike Miles. He's an incredible player. I think they have deceptively deep depth for TCU, at least in my opinion. I think that they weren't ranked as highly as they should have been or, or that their record shows, but I definitely think TCU is a dangerous team. Arizona, obviously one of the top teams in the country for good reason. Um, if we're, I think that athletically, Arizona is a harder matchup for Houston, um, but I do believe TCU is playing with that chip on their shoulder that, you know, they're playing with house money. And right now I feel like they have a lot of steam going in. And if they beat Arizona, I think that they, they're, they're, you know, you got to play with the hot hand. So uh, I think both of those matchups are really difficult for Houston. Agreed, Miles. And uh, thank you for, for taking the time and, and joining the show. Was there any final points you'd like to add before, uh, before we let you go? Oh, no. I just want to say I absolutely appreciate the opportunity to come and speak with you guys. I, I've been a fan since the first time um, I saw, you know, the pod slam pajamas. So keep doing a great job. Um, I greatly appreciate it. Uh, and as always, you know, go Cougs, man. Thank you. We appreciate the support. And we, we love it when we, we get to hear some of our listeners or some of our viewers. We love it. Uh, we like that interaction. So and he made yeah, Miles made a great point in terms of. Uh, when it comes to to Arizona and and TCU, it seems like a lot of these teams have been uh, not seeded correctly because when Memphis played, I heard a lot. Oh, Memphis, they're not a true nine seed. Uh, you'd see it with Houston, they're not a true five seed. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe this committee needs to gets to rearrange it a little bit. What say you, Chris? No, folks, forget that Memphis struggled in non conference play. Okay, mm-hmm. it is still the full body of work for the season. Memphis was hot. It got hot and started playing better in February and March. Okay, but don't forget about December, <laughs> okay, yeah. and the struggles and folks calling Penny's, Penny's head back then. So that's all <laughs> part of the season as well. And the same thing, but specifically for Houston and Memphis, right or wrong, it is a perception of the American Athletic Conference, Commissioner Resco. People still don't believe the American is good basketball. You know, despite the fact that Houston went to the Final Four last year. So, and Houston has been a a national, nationally relevant team from the American for a few years now. But at basketball, still, they don't play basketball in the American, apparently. So that's a slight that Houston and Memphis have to deal with. But for Houston's case, they only have to deal with it for one more season, hopefully. By the way, shout out to Fabian White, who in yesterday's uh, pregame press conference before the game shouted out the hashtag Power Six Conference at the American Athletic Conferences. Uh, that that was a that was a funny uh, comment that he made. But uh, we're about to wrap things up. So Akib, Chris, we'll go around the table. Where can people find you, Akib? I'll let you go first. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Akib M Gazi. It's on the screen below um and then yeah just covering houston sports in general and then also a little bit of mixed martial arts mma and ufc and chris thank you for joining us once again you've joined us on every episode and we we greatly appreciate it where can people find you sir twitter there is vhr review houston round bar review on instagram and on youtube once again i'm I'm glad that 
I'm glad to help you get this going, man. This Let's Rage Cougs, great, great idea, great concept. Hopefully bigger and better things are, are to come. And uh, salute to you, Andy, Akib, Dayon. And we'll see Thursday. We'll find out later on today who, who Houston will play Thursday. And I'm assuming there will be a Let's Rage Cougs on Thursday, correct? For sure, correct. The unofficial post-game show of UH Athletics, uh, sponsored by No Name here. And on that note, uh, we thank you all the viewers that, that tuned in. We thank Galen Robinson, Paige. We thank Miles that, that took time out of their days to speak on our show. We greatly appreciate it. We love that interaction. Everyone that, that took time to comment. Alan Luna, special shout-out to you uh, for for the, uh, how do you call it, Chris, the sticky uh, comment? Or? It's a super chat, super sticker. Mm-hmm. We appreciate it. We appreciate all the support. And like Chris said, we'll be we'll be back on Thursday. I think I mentioned it after the first round game against UAB. If when Houston advances, we advance too. So we'll see you again on Thursday and we'll see how it goes. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. People can find me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Thank you so much, and we'll see you back. Still then.